This audio presentation was pre-recorded and edited for brevity and clarity. Hello, I'm Michael Buckley with the Bright Focus Foundation. Welcome to today's Bright Focus Chat, Nutrition and Healthy Eyes. If today's your first time on a Bright Focus Chat, welcome. Let me take a moment to tell you about Bright Focus and what we'll do on today's chat. Bright Focus funds some of the top researchers in the world. We support scientists who are trying to find cures for macular degeneration, glaucoma, and Alzheimer's. We share the latest news from these scientists with families who are impacted by these diseases. Bright Focus chats are another way of sharing this information. Today we're very excited to be joined by Ward Bond. Ward is in Houston, Texas. He holds a doctorate in nutrition. He's a regular on TV, radio, uh, newsprint, and also uh, public speaking. I've had the opportunity to get to become friends with Ward over the past year, and I think all of you will be very impressed by his energy, his enthusiasm, and his real passion for sharing information to help people live uh, longer, healthier lives. Today, we're going to talk about the connection between nutrition and your vision health. And Ward's going to share a lot of information with us. And uh, Ward, without further ado, I'd like to, to welcome you to today's Bright Focus chat. Well, thank you Ward? so much, Michael. Oh, great. Great. I just want to start off kind of a very basic question about the um, the connection between nutrition and vision health. And I think most of us, when we think of nutrition and we think about what we eat, we think of um, the consequences of either weight gain or weight loss. I think most of us understand the difference, you know, what will happen if you eat a lot of salads or if you eat a lot of Twinkies or hot fudge sundaes. So I think people understand it that way. But what's the connection between nutrition and your eyes? You know, the thing about the connection between nutrition is, and, and our eyes has, has to do with the connection of nutrition with every part of the body. Everything has to work together. And the thing about, you know, our eyes, I think, you know, millions of people, I think we take our eyesight for granted. And when it comes to the foods we eat, I think it really shows that, that sometimes we're just not thinking that the foods that we put into our body can impact our, our eye health. You know, we think about protecting our vision by putting on sunglasses when we walk outside or, or putting a, a cap on our head with a visor to protect our eyes from excess sunlight. But the thing is, is everything we eat, everything we put in our mouth will impact our eye health. And, you know, it, you know I was thinking about it today that what is the first thing we see when we walk into a supermarket? It's the produce department. It is the most important part of the grocery store, and that's where we need to be doing 90% of our shopping. And, you know, I stress to so many people, to a lot of my friends, a lot of my clients, that everything we eat will matter, not just for today, but it's going to matter five years down the road or even matter 10 years down the road. So it's vitally important that we do eat right and take note of that. Yeah, no, I, uh, certainly, you're certainly right. And I remember growing up when I was a kid, my mother would tell me to eat carrots so I would have healthy eyes, and I'm sure that Mrs. Buckley was right. But my hunch is there might be a little more to it than just eating carrots. Can you, can you mention a few foods that are good for eye health? Oh, absolutely. What I always suggest, you know, when we talk about eye health is, first of all, it's the fruits and vegetables. Uh, you know, focus on green, green, green. Those are those are absolutely the foundation. 
for eating healthy foods, live foods, because we need those live active nutrients, those vitamins, those minerals, those antioxidants. And we need to look at those bright colored fruits and vegetables because they contain those important carotenoids like lutein and zeaxanthin that we hear about for eye health. And the one reason why we hear about those uh, particularly those important two nutrients, is that they're found in the actual macula of the eye. And we need to make sure that we're eating foods that contain lutein and zeaxanthin and put those back in into, into the macula and, and, to, and to keep it healthy. And the thing is, is that these foods, you know, carrots, you know, you bring up a good point. You know, carrots are vital because, you know, that orange color tells us that it's it's contains a high amount of carotenoids, especially the, the carotene family, the alpha and the betas. But it's the lutein, the zeaxanthins that are vital. You know, you look at tomatoes, uh, apricots, uh, anything with bright colors, even your dark leafy green vegetables such as your spinach, your broccoli, and of course, you know, the ever popular kale uh, contains these nutrients for eye health. Now, on top of that, I stress very much for people to get the good fats into their diet. And and I'm not talking just the omega-3s, which are vital for eye health, but also things such as uh, coconut oil, olive oil, uh, macadamia nut oil is very good uh, source of uh, healthy fats. Eating avocados, because a lot of people do not realize that there is a strong link between eating good fats versus those bad fats, those hydrogenated oils that we find in potato chips and other type of products that technically are, I would not even call real food. Yeah, but no, Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, no, um, yeah, no, I really appreciate that distinction on the fats. And, you know, um, I know when you talk about, uh, I really liked how you phrased it, the best part of the store where you do your shopping is the produce section when you walk in. So your potato chip comment got me thinking, what's the opposite of this? What is the what type of foods are the worst for your eyes? Uh, the, the the worst, I'm, I'm going to have to put that from refined sugar, your artificial sweeteners, and your hydrogenated oils. And the reason why these are the worst foods for your eyes is because of the fact is we're not just looking at the eye and the antioxidant protection that we need to, to remove the free radicals to protect our eyes from blue light damage. We need to look at the fact that we also have to keep the optic nerve healthy. You know, good fats are great for the nervous system. The B vitamins in our in our produce, uh, in our nuts and our seeds, these things are needed for a healthy nervous system. So this all ties in together. But at the same time, you know, good fats, uh, the fiber that we get from the fruits and vegetables all play a huge role in improving and maintaining eye health. You know, there's something that's very interesting that a lot of people do not know, that we need good fats in the diet because, you know, there was a recent study that actually shows that people with high cholesterol but with a low HDL, and HDL is your good cholesterol, will actually prohibit the carotenoids such as lutein and zeaxanthin from actually reaching the macula. So by having an HDL, again, the good cholesterol, and keeping your levels above 61, these carotenoids will actually engage with the macula more effectively. Wow. No, it's good It's good to know. 
So Ward, I know you, you do a lot of public speaking. Um, I'm sure you occasionally run into a, a skeptic. Uh, what do you say to a person that finds your advice just too hard, who maybe says, oh, I can't afford that type of food, I'm not that good of a cook, the food doesn't taste good? Kind of what do you say to people who just think that, that this advice is, is insurmountable? You know, that that is an excellent question, Michael. And I've got a, a friend of mine who is a top-rated chef, and she and I got into the same conversation. And it, it really comes down to changing our mindset. It's learning. It's gaining knowledge and understanding that our bodies, we're a natural being, and we need natural food to feed it. Our bodies were not designed to be full of chemicals that could end up harming us. You know, sometimes I want to call these foods out there that are not really foods. It's just food pollution, and it's it's clogging up the systems in our body that are wrecking havoc and causing damage. This is one reason why I think refined sugars are horrible for the body. Artificial sweeteners is another one. The bad fats, these things we need to avoid, but it's the produce department. And, and when I get challenged, you know, if, if I'm lecturing somewhere and someone wants to ask a question which in a way is being a challenge is like saying well that's too hard or that's too expensive i actually did a comparison between shopping in the middle of the grocery store where all the food is not really food and then shopping on the perimeter where everything is technically natural and the things that we need to be eating and i found out that my grocery bill was over 50 percent less by spending more time in the produce department and I know a lot of people look at that and think, oh, gosh, then there's more preparation time in creating the meal. Well, sometimes we need to step back and remove things out of our life to open up areas of our life that will benefit our bodies in the long term. And I think that people just need to start learning and gaining knowledge. This is why people love watching cooking shows on TV. They're entertaining, but at the same time, they're learning something, and it's also encouraging them to get into the kitchen to start doing these things themselves. Yeah, well, that's great. No, certainly certainly good advice. And we've got a few questions related to your favorite part of the supermarket. Um, a guy <laughs> from California is wondering, um, does it make a difference if you eat organic produce or non-organic produce in terms of macular degeneration or overall vision health? Okay, I will always pick organic than the commercial uh, forms of produce, but... I understand that we have millions of people in this country that do not live next door to an organic supermarket or a, a, a farmer's market. But I tell people, it, even if it's not organic and you don't have access to an organic market or your supermarket doesn't carry organic foods, I would rather see you stand in that produce department buying the apples, the oranges, the kale, and the spinach, and the celery, and all of those foods, and eating those foods because you will still receive nutrition your body will love you for because we need those nutrients. They may not be in high amounts, but I would rather take something than get nothing. Yeah, well, no, certainly a good investment. And speaking of your, the kale and spinach you just mentioned, we had another question wondering, um, does it make a difference nutrition-wise whether those are fresh, uh, like uncooked, or, or, or cooked? Okay. Uh, when it comes to kale, I think that uncooked is always the best. Um, when it comes to spinach, always eat it raw, always eat it as a salad. 
Uh, the thing about cooking spinach is that you're actually increasing the calcium oxalate content. Calcium oxalates are notorious for causing kidney stones, can actually be part of gallstones mixed with cholesterol. But when it comes to greens, I would rather eat them in their raw state to uh, receive the, the high benefits of fiber, the high benefits of the carotenoids and the other vitamins and minerals and antioxidants that these foods contain. So I think raw is always better when it comes to the greens. Great. Uh, thank you. Uh, switching to glaucoma, Steve from Kansas um, is wondering, Is the, in addition to the, uh, the eye drops, the medicine for glaucoma, are there type of foods that, are, that might help uh, slow progression of glaucoma? Yes, actually uh, there is, and I've had quite a few clients uh, that had the beginning stages of glaucoma, not to the advanced areas, but where they went into the eye doctor, they tested, saw that they had increased ocular pressure. Uh, so what I suggest is if you smoke, stop it immediately. If you're doing any other types of tobacco products, if you're chewing tobacco, if you're dipping, stop it. These things may be linked to increased risk for glaucoma. Uh, we know, uh, you know, the former baseball player Kirby Puckett with the Minnesota Twins, you know, ended his career because of glaucoma. You know, I don't know if he was smoking or dipping or chewing tobacco, but a lot of baseball players have done that. There could be a link there. I do know that glaucoma can be in much higher risk for African Americans. But when it comes to the foods, I highly suggest people concentrate on the citrus fruits because, but more, not just what's inside it, but the outer covering, the rind and the pith. The pith is that white uh, material. You want to eat that because that contains antioxidants called bioflavonoids. And there have been some studies that show that these bioflavonoids help to maintain and can possibly work along with vitamin C to lower elevated ocular pressure. Well, that's great, and I uh, appreciate that. Uh, turning to uh, another uh, question, Margaret from Pennsylvania is wondering about migraines. Um, and is, is, are there foods that, that um, uh, may help um, a migraine sufferer? You know, when it comes to migraines, um, and since this is a female asking this question, one, talk to your doctor, have your hormone levels checked. Uh, sometimes the hormone levels, if they're out of balance, can lead to migraines in some women. Uh, also, improve your gut health. A lot of people need to realize, and, and we've seen the studies come out, last year was the banner year of connecting our gut health to our brain health and our brain activity. A lot of people need to realize that from the brain to the gut, we have the vagus nerve, and then it travels back up again. If you eat food, then 20% of the messages from the brain tell the gut just to start digestion. When we eat that food and it ends up in the gut, then our gut is sending 80% of that signal back to the brain uh, based on what we ate. So if we ate refined foods or refined sugar, we may not be mentally sharp. We may get depressed, maybe show a little irritability. If we eat healthy food, we may actually be happier and more joyful and more energetic and focused. So when it comes to migraines, check the foods that you're eating because some migraines can be triggered by certain chemicals, maybe MSG in the food. So hmm. what I suggest for a lot of people with migraines, start a food journal. Write down all the foods that you're eating during the day. If your migraines are triggered at a particular time, go back and see what you previously ate. And sometimes the migraine not, may not be triggered 
by a particular food till maybe four hours or maybe the next day. So you really need to do some intense studying of your journal, but that's one way to find out. Wow. Thank, thanks so much. It was a great great answer, Ward. Um, uh, Ward, I'd like to turn to macular degeneration. Uh, Barb from Missouri had a couple questions about macular degeneration. One, does alcohol affect it? And two, do fried or processed foods uh, make macular degeneration worse? I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to save that for the for the fried foods, okay? First of all, alcohol, an overabundance of alcohol, and I'm not talking about the one that just does it every now and then. I'm talking about people who kind of do it on a regular basis. An overabundance creates an overload of sugar in the mm-hmm. eyes. Our eyes' only source of fuel is glucose. So if your sugar levels are high, you could end up with blurred vision. Uh, you can also cause an increased uh, risk of cross-linking of protein. So if you have refined sugar entering the body, you're actually accelerating the aging process of the lens of the eye, which can lead to cataracts. But I know this question has to do with macular degeneration. Yeah. Um, now, with the processed and, and the fried foods, you have to understand something. A lot of people do not realize that the liver is actually tied to our, our eye health. So by as I said earlier, if you can maintain a healthy cholesterol level, you're maintaining healthy LDL levels, you have an HDL above 61, this means that when you're eating good fats, you're actually improving your the macula to receive lutein and zeaxanthin, these two vital carotenoids for the eyes. Now, if you're eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of fried foods, a lot of fatty foods, and you clog up the liver, you could actually prevent your eyes from receiving these carotenoids uh, more effectively. So you're actually putting yourself at high risk later on. You know, we know that you know, all of us here know that people with macular degeneration, the risk is higher over the age of 55. But I say we need to be preventing these eye conditions before we reach the age of 30. We need to start early, and that starts down to childhood. And fried yeah, food no, is technically a no-no. I mean, every now and then it's okay, but I wouldn't. If if you're going through the drive-through every day, and, and that's dinner, you need to start changing your habits. Yeah, no, I certainly. Makes a lot of sense. And we have another question on macular degeneration. Um, Helen from New Jersey was wondering, uh, if you already have macular, um, is there a particular types of food that would um, uh, be best, that, that would slow down the, the, the possible progression of macular? Uh, the types of foods to slow down macular degeneration, first of all, I would definitely look at the foods that contain the carotenoids. We're talking about, again, the tomatoes, the carrots, the apricots, dark leafy green vegetables, spinach, broccoli, kale. Focus on these types of foods. Uh, also, too, um, foods that contain vitamin C. Now, vitamin C, you know, we always think, okay, if you say vitamin C, people think of an orange. Well, vitamin C is found in a wide variety of fruits and vegetables. So, I say keep it natural. You know, eat those fruits every day. Eat those vegetables. You can't overdo it. You can't gain weight by eating them. I would rather eat a bowl of berries than a bowl of ice cream because I know what those berries are going to do for me. I also know how I'm going to feel if I eat the ice cream. I'm not going to feel very well an hour later. Also, you know, vitamin E. You know, you want to eat foods that contain uh, vitamin E. Uh, Egg yolks, brewer's yeast, uh, these things contain vitamin E, and these are vital as well for macular degeneration. And, you know, again, 
when it comes to macular degeneration, we have to really focus on the prevention. But if someone has the problem now, I would highly recommend of increasing the levels of the lutein and the zeaxanthin type mm -hmm. foods in the diet. <clears throat> well, great. Um, we have a question uh, turning to supplements, and, and I, I may pronounce these uh, incorrectly, but uh, Kathy from California was wondering, what do you think about goji juice, bilberry, and eyebright as supplements for good eye health? Okay. Uh, eyebright is an herb. Now, eyebright is actually used for eye inflammation. Um, I have a background in herbal medicine, so I know this herb well. A lot of people will actually use the herb itself to make a... A, a tea. Of course, you want to have it, a cool, cool, you know, cool it down. And and some people will use it as an eye wash. That's what herbalists of of the old time would actually use, and, and they would do it today. Bilberry is is actually a is part of the blueberry family. And you know, a lot of the research on bilberry is used for night blindness. Uh, bilberry is fantastic for eye health. Um, if somebody wants to use it on a daily basis, by all means, you can do that. You know, when, when people look at a supplement and it's actually coming from a food, this is something that you can take long term without any adverse effects. So bilberry is great. Goji berry, on the other hand, I really wouldn't depend on that for eye health. And since that is what we would call an exotic berry or, or what we call today super berries, if you're going to look at something for eye health, uh, one of the ones that I've, I've really come to, to love, uh, I, I made an excursion down to South America a few years ago and was doing some medicinal research with the Mapuche Indians to understand how they treated their tribal members when they got sick. And they took me out into the forest, and there was all of these trees, and they were called maki. That's M-A-Q-U-I, maki trees. And they produced these very, very tiny uh, berries. And they were so dark purple that they almost looked black to the naked eye. Well, as I was down there, I was talking to a Dr. Juan Hankey who uh, does research at the University of Chile, and we were talking about various properties of this berry, and he brought up that there's a property found in this berry called delphinidins. And delphinidins are even found in other berries, such as blueberries and blackberries, when they're especially in very dark colors. They're finding and understanding that these delphinidin uh, properties of these berries actually focus, no pun intended, upon the photoreceptors within our eyes to not only protect them, but can actually, with the possibility of enhancing the colors that we see. So if someone has diminished eyesight, the colors are fading. They're thinking uh, that through research that these delphinidins could possibly restore these photoreceptors in the eyes and at the same time offer, offer antioxidant protection to the macula, which much of that is still under study. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's... No, it's really uh, some great experience you had there. Uh, Ruth from New Jersey has a question that I think uh, applies to, to everybody. Um, she, some, she says she eats a very healthy diet, but like, like many of us, has a, has a sweet tooth. So what, what, do you, what do you suggest for those of us who like, like some sweets once in a while? Well, I, I kind of fall into that category. Uh, so, you know, it's really, you know, just 
it's moderation, and it's just really understanding the types of sweets that you're eating. You know, I don't mind, you know, we all should have our birthday cake on our birthday. When Thanksgiving rolls around, if there's five or six pies, it's okay to have a piece of each one. Christmas is the same. Um, but, you know, I have learned over the years that I've had clients that tell me, oh, I eat a bowl of ice cream every night. And I'm thinking, you can't do that. And uh, because we're talking about long-term health. I know people think about short-term when it comes to the foods that they eat, but we have to think larger than that. But if you have a sweet tooth, you need to look at the foods that you're actually drawn to. If you're drawn to processed Twinkies and cupcakes and cookies and things of that sort, you need to start pulling back and finding another way. What I like to do is I would, I'd like to create a, a bowl of blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries, and then I like to sprinkle a natural sweetener called xylitol. And xylitol is very, can be very healthy to the body because it actually works to diminish your sugar cravings over time. It doesn't change the glucose levels in the blood, so it's fantastic for diabetics. And research from Finland shows that it actually lowers the levels of bad bacteria in the body. So by using xylitol, if you're going to use it in your coffee or your tea, you can actually reduce your sugar cravings over time. And at the same time, for those that have a very bad sweet tooth, may want to look at increasing fiber in their diet and taking a chromium picolinate uh, supplement each day to normalize blood sugar levels. Appreciate that. And speaking of, you mentioned cake, pies and cakes. Um, are pies that have fruit in them or fruit tarts, is that a better choice than a than a traditional cake? Uh, no. Let's say if uh, someone's going to pop a Pop-Tart in the toaster, the, the bad thing about that is it's just one, one is 200 calories, and there's two in a pack. So that is technically not something that I would suggest. Um, <laughs> I would rather take organic jam and put it on a, you know, a gluten-free piece of bread toast or, or millet. Millet bread is fantastic for a lot of people out there. Uh, millet is an anti-fungal grain, anti-candida. And then for a lot of those out there that want to look into getting the bread called uh, Ezekiel bread, that's a, an excellent uh, sprouted bread, uh, very healthy for everyone. So I would just take some jam and do it that way instead of grabbing a Pop-Tart. Yeah, I appreciate that. And kind of switching gears uh, back to eye disease, uh, Ward, we have a, a number of our callers in previous chats mentioned cataracts. Uh, any particular foods that would be good for people who either want to prevent them or, uh, or, or maybe have cataracts? Yeah, the thing about the cataracts is this. Sugar is your enemy. If you're diabetic, you need to work and to maintain proper blood sugar levels. If you have a sweet tooth, you really need to be very careful with that. Uh, refined sugar, uh, they've shown in research that they're notorious. These refined simple sugars, <clears throat> such as white sugar products, are notorious for creating the cross-linking of proteins in the lens of the eye, which actually accelerates the aging, accelerates tissue damage, and creates this cloudiness within the lens. Now, if you look at foods that contain N-acetylcysteine, this is a natural amino acid that's found in a variety of foods from granola to oat flakes, broccoli, your, your red peppers, 
uh, garlic and bananas, flax seeds are, are a lot of types of foods such as uh, turkey and fish. But cysteine, the N-acetylcysteine, will actually convert in the body to a more potent amino acid called glutathione. And believe it or not, the highest concentrations of glutathione are found in the lens of the eye and in the liver. So you're, again, you see the link between good liver health and good eyesight. So here is a nutrient that actually uh, actually resides in both areas of the body. And when we have adequate levels of this, we can actually prevent cataracts. And at the same time, I always suggest if you go outside, please wear eye, uh, you know, very good sunglasses because, you know, those UV rays can accelerate aging of our tissues, and that includes the lens of the eye. Well, great. Thanks, Ward. And uh, before we turn to kind of a concluding uh, wrap-up question, Ward, I just want to get back to a little bit of housekeeping. Um, Ward, I'd just like to ask you kind of a, a concluding question. sounds like you mentioned from your travels and your research, you you said a lot of uh, a lot of great experiences and worked with a, a pretty wide range of people. Uh, do you have sort of a, a big-picture conclusion uh, that you've drawn from your work or kind of a bigger-picture bit of advice that you, that you um, want to share with people? Yes, I do. You know, the thing that I, I've learned by talking to other researchers and, and going on, you know, different types of excursions to to learn about what other people do for their body or, or what we're trying to learn for different parts of the body. Like today, we're, you know, understanding nutrition is vital for eye health. The thing is this, we need to be more aware of what we're putting into our bodies. And at the same time, what we're doing to our bodies, you know, we've talked a lot about nutrition today. I think everyone listening in today is understanding that the produce department is where a lot of that health and healing will take place. The other thing is, is the things that we're doing externally, we need to start changing. You know, we're seeing a lot of the bad habits. It seems like we've turned into smartphone zombies, people walking down the street, walking through the mall, and they're all face down looking at their screens. And what a lot of people don't realize in the years of eye health, the blue light coming from those screens can have a detrimental effect upon our eyesight. And we need to be aware that uh, the only thing we need to look at our smartphone for is what time it is and if someone is calling us. Other than that, put it in your back pocket and don't worry about it. Don't worry about what the news is going to be the next day. <laughs> and and so I always said, you know, I always and this has and this really goes down for children. I'm seeing a lot of children picking up these bad habits from us adults and it really needs to stop because the thing is is what they're doing today is going to matter when they become 50 years old and and I believe that when people start to learn to eat right, get outside and get some healthy sunshine and and get more joy into their life, you know, you know, find a hobby, find something that makes them happy and brings joy and peace. Do those things because, you know, we all desire longevity. And But the thing is, is it's not just the quantity. We need to have the quality in our life. And when I see these people, the people I've talked to, I've really come to the point to where I don't like seeing people sick. I don't like seeing people in pain or hurting. There's an answer for everything. And, and and Michael, you know, it's such an honor to be here on this chat with you and uh, with Bright Focus, which is a fantastic organization. And I know that 
every year on a regular basis, y'all were doing so much in the areas of Alzheimer's and macular degeneration and glaucoma. And I want to see that continue because I don't want to see these people being, be, you know, feeling pain. I don't want to see them hurt or, or being sick or in a lot of ways, you know, losing focus from their eyes and even their mind. So I just suggest that everybody just really just kind of take a break and look at the foods that they're eating, start changing, because all it is is a habit. So change that habit, turn it into a natural, healthy lifestyle. And, you know, life was meant to be lived and it was meant to be enjoyed. Wow. Thank you so much, Warren. And um, uh, fantastic advice. I think you've been, been very um been very educational, very very motivational today, and really really appreciate that. And, and uh, thank you for the compliment for our work here at Bright Focus. Uh, Ward, again, I just just want to thank you very much. You've been been really helpful and and positive and inspiring. And and just uh, you know, on behalf of of all the the listeners today and everyone at Bright Focus, just really appreciate the work that you've you've dedicated your life to. And thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Michael. It's been a pleasure and it's been an honor. And I just uh, pray that everyone listening in today uh, has uh, added knowledge to uh, improve their overall eye health. Great. Thanks so much, Ward. And this concludes today's Bright Focus Chat. Thanks for listening. The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.